Welcome, everyone, to the Card Subject to Change podcast on the Game Changer Sports Network. I am your host, William Kliske, and on this episode, we're going to be going over the Elimination Chamber, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and the NXT call-ups, and what potentially will be happening at Fastlane, as well as what's next for Gargano, Ciampa, um, Black, and Ricochet. So, starting off with the Elimination Chamber, I know Thursday is kind of far away from Sunday, so I think after this pay-per-view, I'm going to start doing bonus episodes on the pay-per-view reviews the Monday, so the day after the pay-per-view, just so it's not like a far um, stretch away. So, we'll kind of just go through it quickly, because... Everything's kind of already played out from the pay-per-view. So, in the pre-show, we had Buddy Murphy defeating Akira Tozawa to retain his Cruiserweight Championship in a match that I thought was personally fantastic. And Buddy Murphy will eventually be out of the Cruiserweight division, hopefully competing on SmackDown and hopefully world champion one day. I'm just going to put it in stone right now. Buddy Murphy is going to be a world champion one day. In WWE. Um, the next, the f- so the first official match on the show, we had the women's tag team elimination chamber match, in which Bailey and Sasha become the quote unquote inaugural women's tag team champions. When in reality, they're the first women's tag team champs since 1989. I don't remember who the champs were then. I just remember seeing that the other day. And the order of elimination was Naomi got pinned by both Billy Kay and Peyton Royce in, a, in, a, in an assisted roll-up. We had, then we had Billy Kay and Peyton Royce being simultaneously eliminated by Nia Jackson Tamina. We had Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan both pinned by Tamina. We had Tamina pinned by Sasha Banks, Bailey Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Then we had Sonia Deville, who tapped out to the modified bank statement by Sasha Banks, who was nursing her shoulder injuries, and she couldn't fully put it on, so she had to modify it and use her leg in a creative way to get Sonia Deville to tap out. And in my opinion, this wasn't the right choice for the inaugural women's tag team champions. If it was up to me, I would have booked it to either be the Riot Squad or the Iconics just because they're an actual tag team to where Sasha and Bailey they weren't always seen as teammates and in NXT they're rivals. I get the story that they're telling, but I think it would have been better to have either Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan Sarah Logan Sarah Logan or Liv Morgan win the titles or the Iconics and then have Bailey and Sasha challenge for them at WrestleMania and win them. So, but they did say it'll be across all brands, so we'll eventually see what this will lead up to. But, yeah, Sasha and Bailey are your inaugural women's tag team champions. So, after that match, we had um, the Usos versus The Miz and Shane McMahon for the SmackDown tag team titles. And now, I'm sorry about my sniffling. I'm 
a little ill at the moment. But we had the Usos defeat Shane and Miz to um, become six-time tag team champions. Now, I personally didn't originally think this was going to happen. Um, I had the Usos winning my predictions, but right after I finished recording last week's episode, we came out that Jimmy Uso had got arrested for squaring up to cops. But um, So once that happened, I'm like, oh, great. They're probably not going to win the titles anymore, but they still did. And I don't know where this really goes from here. Maybe Usos versus Shane and Miz at Fastlane, where the Usos retain again. And then it's the ultimate split between Miz and Shane for their Mania match. But, hey, in a perfect world, we'll get Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. And we'll get Big E and Xavier Woods versus the Usos. And maybe throw in the bar in there for the SmackDown tag titles at WrestleMania. And then maybe we'll have all three members of the New Day with gold leaving Brooklyn. Or MetLife in New Jersey, if you want to be technical. Alright, so following that, we had Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Where... Finn Balor pinned Leo Rush to win Bobby Lashley's Intercontinental Championship. Just as I predicted. It's kind of predictable here, in my opinion. Just because if Rush wasn't in the match, it wouldn't have been as predictable. But since he was, it was it was just a little too predictable. Sorry, my stand's acting up. Stop moving. We're good. But yeah, that match was it was alright. Um, then we had Ronda Rousey defeating Ruby Wright by submission in 100 seconds even. Um, just as we kind of expected. But after the match, uh, Charlotte came into the ring. And then we got Becky Lynch coming on crutches in an amazing black and yellow suit type deal leather suit i don't know what you would call it but it looked amazing and then she beat down both charlotte and ronda with crutches made it look like she was going to align with ronda to take out charlotte for a moment but alas she beat up ronda rousey too and on her second swing ronda got a little bit out of position and a crutch smacked her on the head and busted her open so and Charlotte posted online some of her nasty bruises from the assault. But I enjoyed it. I always enjoy it when Charlotte gets beat up. I have a video of um, Becky Lynch was entering the arena at the TD Garden in Boston. And they wouldn't let us like near the barricade to like try to get pictures with anyone. But um, the people group we were in were just like, we're like, Becky, whoa, whatever. And then I was yelled at Becky, uh, beat up Charlotte every night. And she was like, I will. And that was back in October. And it's great to see that she's still doing it. Um, then we had Baron Corbin defeat Braun Strowman in a no disqualification match with the assistance of Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. And I don't really need to say more in the matter. It was bleh. Longer than Balor versus Lashley and Rush, which... 
I could, we could have done without that match. So we're just going to move on to the Elimination Chamber match in which my like total predictions, including the Elimination Order, was almost as accurate as you could be. Sure, if you look at it, I only got two of them right, but it's not like I had them completely out of order. Like my first two were Hardy and Joe, and they switched, they flip-flopped, and then the next two were Orton and Styles, and they just flip-flopped. And then it was Daniel and Kofi. So obviously Kofi would be fifth eliminated and Daniel won, which was my prediction. And I also predicted that it would lead to a title match one-on-one at Fastlane, which it has. So pat myself on the back like Tommaso Ciampa right now. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, but Samoa Joe was eliminated first by AJ Styles. Then we had Jeff Hardy eliminated by Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles eliminated by Randy Orton, Randy Orton eliminated by Kofi Kingston, and then ultimately Kofi Kingston falling victim to Daniel Bryan. Uh, so many false finishes finishes. Those final twelve minutes of Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston were just they were just amazing. And side note <laughs> Um in Germany the pay-per-view is called WWE No Escape. Because <laughs> in this reference on Wikipedia, it's uh, for Germany, it was feared that the name Elimination Chamber may remind people of the gas chambers used during the Holocaust. I mean, fair reasoning. I just th- think that's an interesting side note to throw in to this pay-per-view. But yeah, that was the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I, I enjoyed it, for the most part. Some matches were bleh. Ish. Uh, Ronda and Ruby just wasn't long, and Corbin and Strowman. Um, it really s- calmed me down before the main event, which I guess that was a good reason. All right, so moving on, we're going to Monday Night Raw, where Triple H opened the show and announced that uh, DX were, are the first entrance into the Hall of Fame. Which includes China, which I personally felt like um, people would be excited about. It's like, oh, China's finally going into the Hall of Fame. But, um, nah. Well, some people were. But a lot of people were still upset that China wasn't going in as a solo act. Which I think at this point, this is a step towards her being a solo act, where she can be the only woman to be a two time Hall of Famer. Maybe. We'll ultimately see where that goes in the coming years. Or I'll say within the next 10 years, if China doesn't go in as a solo act, then I think it's safe to say she's not going in as a solo act. So, now, moving on, Triple H also announced that stars like Ricochet, Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa would all appear on tonight's Raw, which they did just call up a bunch of people. So I guess they kind of gave up on some of them, like EC3. Should be on TV for both shows, and they're already working SmackDown house shows. Sorry about that. Um, So then we had a tables match between Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. It was however long the match was too long. 
like the inconsistencies. It was another no disqualification match, but where were Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre? Like that literally makes no sense. But Strowman won, put Corbin through a table in the corner. Not much more to say about it. We'll just end it there. Then Paul Heyman appeared and showed a video of himself putting over Brock Lesnar. Always love video packages from WWE. This is the one thing they're really, really good at. Storytelling, just in the ring on the other hand, mm, could be better. But the video packages always put a smile on my face because they're so well produced. And it was my ultimate dream job to make those one day, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So life will go on. <laughs> um, then Finn Balor came out and said he wanted to be a good IC champ. And Leo Rush came out and interrupted him. And... He looked very disheveled after Bobby Lashley attacked him after the match. Forgot about that. But then Lashley came back and attacked him. So Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley are buddy-buddy a game. Or buddy-buddy again, I should say. And But Ricochet made the save, leading directly to a tag team match player. <laughs> and then uh, Ricochet pinned Rush with a 6.30 cent on. I think... Before I move on, I just want to say that the crowd in Lafayette, Louisiana, why were you dead? You were dead the whole show. I don't get it. Enjoy the action. Make some noise. Have some fun. Like, I don't know. I don't get it, to be honest. It was not a good crowd for these NXT call-ups to happen for, but... um. Out of all, I think Ricochet looked the best. We'll get to the others later. And then we had Lucha House Party defeating Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. So you're going to put um, a symp- sympathetic tag team in Hawkins and Ryder because Hawkins hasn't gotten a win in forever. And Zack Ryder against an even more over face tag team in the Lucha House Party. I don't know where they were going with this, but... Hawkins took the pin and continued his losing streak. He has to be at least he has to be at at least two sixty right now. But then, um, Heavy Machinery got interviewed on the stage, and Otis, <laughs> uh, Otis, what can I say about him? He's fantastic. Ah, Tucky, steaks and weights, Tucky, and then. <laughs> Uh, he's great Uh, Lacey Evans (laughs) interrupted him walked down the ramp and then back up oh and um, when Lacey Evans was first coming out uh, I don't know how many people actually noticed but Otis was like moving his head back and forth to the beat of Lacey Evans entrance theme which (laughs) I thought that was funny it was like he was um, it was like sounds like where where? Where's the sound? Where is it? Where? What? What? But um, then Heavy Machinery became Bushwhackers 2.0 for their model walk up and down the ramp. And for some reason, Lacey Evans was impressed. I don't know where they go from here with this, but... Uh, I, I got nothing. I don't have any ideas of what they're doing here. 
So moving on from no ideas to more no ideas is uh, we had um, the reuniting DIY versus the revival in which DIY pinned the Raw Tag Team Champs with meeting in the middle. Um, what I mean by I don't see why this is happening is that freaking the Revival just lost again. They just won the titles last week and they're already making them lose again to Ciampa and Gargano. Sure, Ciampa and Gargano are freaking amazing, but when will the Revival actually means something to the company. I don't know. We'll find out eventually whether or not they'll mean anything. But, hey, they got the Raw Tag Team titles, so it's a credit. And then we had um, Bailey and Sasha cut a promo in the ring and how they'll defend the women's tag team titles on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. But then they were interrupted by Nia Jax and Tamina. Didn't really result in much. Bailey and Banks ran them off. Not too much to say about that. The promo was weird, in my opinion, but it is what it is. And then we had uh, McIntyre defeating Dean Ambrose, and McIntyre won easily with Claymore kicks. And apparently Dean Ambrose expected Rollins to be ringside to help him, but um, Ambrose has lost his mind. And I think everyone in the company has lost their mind over this whole Dean Ambrose situation. Then we had Elias get interrupted by Aleister Black. Black won, uh, making the NXT call up the perfect 3 0 on Raw. And yeah, the crowd is still dead silent for all of this. Shout out to Lafayette. Then we had a Raw Women's Championship match Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot. In a match that shouldn't have happened on Raw to begin with, it just happened on the pay per view. And, oh, uh, yeah, no more automatic rematches for when champions lose their titles. But, oh, Ruby Riot, oh, you lost in 100 seconds? Here's another freaking opportunity. Oh, it's going to be different this time with the Riot Squad on wing side. It wasn't. Ronda Rousey, it just lasted a little longer. Ronda Rousey won via submission with an armbar again. And that's how Raw ended. No controversy to end Raw, which is kind of nice for a change, if I do say so myself. So, we'll see where they go from here. Um, let's move on to SmackDown. Um, so, SmackDown Live started with Shane McMahon. Yeah. Sorry, tired. Shane McMahon made his way to the ring while uh, Elimination Chamber hyping Kofi Kingston. Um played in the for the arena. And Shane talked up the NXT debuts of Ricochet, Gargano, Black, and Ciampa, saying he was thoroughly impressed by all of them, and he invited them all to SmackDown. And we still don't know fully why they were even on Raw, but sure, now they're on SmackDown too. And then The Miz interrupted and walked down the aisle and apologized for losing the tag team titles. He looked very distraught. He went from a major high in announcing his second kid to a major low in losing the tag team titles. And then the Usos basically came out, trash-talked him, and boom, announced match for Fastlane. SmackDown's getting a whole lot more to the point than Raw is when it comes to Fastlane matches. 
Uh, let's see if I look it up real quick. Uh, WWE Fastlane 2019. Um, Wikipedia. There are two confirmed matches. Both of them are from SmackDown brand. Just as I thought. Okay. Um, then we had Aleister Black and Andra Andrade go one on one, which interesting twist. Alistair Black's wife, Zelina Vega, was ringside cheering for Andrade. I just find that amazing. But it was cool for Zelina Vega to see his SmackDown debut, second match on the main roster, like that up close. So it must have been a cool experience for the three of them to enjoy afterwards. Um, Black hit a black mask to win. Uh, then we had Gargano and Ciampa defeating the bar. But before that, we had a backstage segment where Gargano and Ciampa were watching the monitor, then got interviewed after Black and Andrade's match, and then the bar show up. And it was like, oh, now we see why we had them in the backstage segment. So, And we know why the bar are laughing at them. It's because they're small. Like, who gives a crap if they're small, Vince? Vince, who cares if they're small? But during the, anyways, during the match, Ciampa went for a sunset flip off the ropes. The kind, the move where Seth Rollins injured his knee the first time. But uh, Sheamus landed right on Ciampa's good knee. But based on what I've seen the past couple of days and Ciampa performing at the NXT tapings, I think he's okay, which is good. I got scared for a moment. I'm like, great, don't injure his knee again. And then, yeah, Ciampa got the pin on Sheamus for the win. So Ciampa and Gargano, 2-0 as reformed DIY on main roster WWE. Then we had Asuka saying she's ready for a new challenge. She said she beat Charlotte and Becky Lynch, made Lynch tap out. But hasn't been on TV since. Who knows? But she asked who's ready for Asuka. And then we hear... The seductress of WWE's theme song, Mandy, interrupt her and challenged Asuka to a match. Mandy Rose defeated Asuka in a combo of weird things happening. Um, first, Lacey Evans comes down to the ring so Rose can attack her. From behind, even though Asuka was kind of in position to see her out of her peripherals. but And then Rose got kneed in the face and sold an eye injury. But then was able to get the upper hand and roll up Asuka for the three. So we'll probably probably see Mandy Rose versus Asuka at Fastlane. Because there, there are reports coming out recently that uh, Lacey Evans is supposed to be getting the SmackDown Women's title match against Asuka at WrestleMania. So we'll see how that goes and if that story progresses, which it could. We'll see where it goes. Then we had um, Ricochet facing Eric Young. Great to see him and Sanity back on TV. Who knows the next time we'll see them. But then we had uh, Jeff Hardy AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston defeating Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, and Samoa Joe. Um, Kingston pinned Bryan after hitting the trouble, pa trouble in Paradise. 
And then after the match, Shane McMahon announced Daniel Bryan would defend his WWE title against Kofi Kingston at Fastlane. So that should be a great match. I'll talk more about what I think slash want to happen um, when it comes time for Fastlane predictions. And as we know, that's only two uh, matches so far and two weeks away. So we'll get there in a timely manner. But um, before I talk about NXT, I just want to talk about the NXT call-ups because we don't really know if they're officially called up yet. Because Gargano and Ciampa were at the NXT tapings. I'm not going to say what they were doing, but they were there because Ciampa is still the NXT champion. Oh, let's talk about NXT now because then we'll get out of the way. I I personally haven't watched it yet, so I'm just looking at the quick hit results and what I saw. So we had Aleister Black defeating Roderick Strong. And then... <coughs> yeah, we had Aleister Black defeating Roderick Strong. They announced the return of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic in which... The featured superstars are, so far, four of the eight teams are the um, Street Profits, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish of the Undisputed Era, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, and the Forgotten Sons. So they'll announce the next four teams next week, and the uh, tournament will begin in two weeks on the March 6th episode of NXT. And the winning team will challenge the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships at NXT TakeOver New York. So, going past that, we had Ma- Mia Yim defeating uh, NXT debut, debut of Zaylee. And then after the match, uh, Shayna Baszler attacked Mia Yim and was joined by Shafir and Duke as per last week. And... They traded Fury Punches before um, Performance Center trainees Lacey Lane, MJ Jenkins, and Jesse Alabon uh, sided with him. And yeah. But, uh, Baszler, Shafir, and Duke just steamrolled the trio and left them sprawled in and out of the ring. And then uh, Yim was held down on the canvas by Shafir and Duke, engaged in a shouting match, demanding the NXT Women's Champion respect me. In response, the Queen of Spades charged into her with a running knee. And then um, we had Velveteen Dream defeating Johnny Gargano to become the new NXT North American champion. Now, today or yesterday when it happened would be February 20th. So Johnny Gargano's reign with the NXT North American championship was like three and a half weeks. Yeah, three and a half weeks as NXT North American champion. So, maybe these NXT call-ups are going to actually be call-ups. But Ciampa's still NXT champ. Maybe he loses it at NXT TakeOver New York. 
Um, so I'm just looking at this, and Ricochet came to the aid of Aleister Black while the Undisputed Era was attacking him. So all four people who were on Raw and SmackDown this week were also in NXT. I know those were taped before, but what a week for Ricochet, Gargano, Ciampa, and Black. So, I, it's a little early, but there are two confirmed matches for Fastlane. Those are um, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan and, um, I already forgot the other one. It's, um, oh yeah, that's right, Usos versus Shane and Miz. So just based on um, the way storylines are being played out, I think Ronda Rousey isn't going to defend her title. I think we'll have... Oh, here's something I want to talk about first. Um, Next week on Raw, we're celebrating Ric Flair's 70th birthday. Now, this is the opportunity for Becky Lynch to... I think she's going to come in and disrupt the celebration, potentially attack Ric Flair to get her in a match against Charlotte at Fastlane in a match where she wins. She either takes Charlotte's place back or she gets added to the match. So I think at Fastlane we'll have Becky versus Charlotte. We have Kofi versus Daniel. We have... um. Usos for Shane and Miz. And based on the way stories are playing, I think we'll have Mandy Rose versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think we will have Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley again. Um, Maybe we'll see a Raw Women's Tag Championship match between Nia Jax and Tamina versus Sasha and Bailey. Um, maybe we'll have Gargano and Ciampa versus somebody. Maybe Black versus somebody. Maybe um, Reagan Ricochet versus somebody. I, I don't know. I think the matches I listed before are at least probably set in stone. I'm trying to think of the other ties. R-Truth might defend his United States Championship, but he hasn't been seen on TV since he won it. Um, trying to think of other champions. Revival might defend their titles on the pre-show. We know Buddy Murphy's going to... WrestleMania with the title because I think they announced the tournament on 205 Live. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out in the coming weeks for Fastlane and then leading up to WrestleMania. But I'm going to keep this episode shorter because I'm not feeling the greatest and my throat's hurting a lot. So I'm just going to end it here. Thank you for listening, and I do hope you enjoyed. I'm sorry if you heard a lot of sniffling or coughing or drinking or whatever. But um, please follow me 
on Twitter and Instagram at William Kliske, K-L-I-S-K-E-Y. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. It would mean a lot. And follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at CSTCPod. And please check out the Game Changer Sports Network at GameChangerSportsNetwork.com for all your sports needs, wrestling, basketball, football, and more. And regularly updated articles and results. And it's overall a great site. And they're also on Facebook, Game Changer Sports Network. And just remember, the card is always subject to change.